Well, welcome to this week's edition of the Cardinal Podcast. Rob Raines, stlsportspage.com. Pleased to be joined again by Mike Raines. We're checking out some new technology uh, today, trying to make some improvements here on the on the podcast. So hopefully it all comes through okay and everybody enjoys it. So first of all, I want to make sure everybody knows that you can now subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Can't believe I'm saying telling people to subscribe to my YouTube channel, but that's what we're where we are in the uh, 2024 season getting underway. So you can do that, stlsportspage.com. Also, of course, the links will be up other place on the site as well. So please do that. And also at the same time, you can be signing up for our newsletter. New one will be out either later today or tomorrow. All the highlights and stuff that we put in there, a lot of stuff that doesn't even appear elsewhere on the website. So if you sign up for that, it'll come right, right into your, your email there. And of course, the uh, thanks as well to all of our sponsors for making this possible, led by our great relationship with Drury Hotels and AAA Travel of Missouri. Mike, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, glad to be back, and hopefully we got the technical glitches worked out. Your audio sounds very good, so hopefully that was the one problem we had a week ago. So hopefully we solve one problem at a time, one week at a time. We'll get to get there. Maybe by the end of the season, we'll have it all figured out. So, uh, of course, this uh, winter warm-up wrapped up just a couple of days ago. We got that all out of the way, and a lot of interesting comments from a lot of different people uh, came through the media room there. A lot of the players, Major Ali Marmol, John Mozalik, Bill DeWitt Jr., and Bill DeWitt III were all in the, in the room with reporters. So, uh, my one number one takeaway, and I'm curious what your reaction was to everything you, you read and saw, but my uh, number one takeaway was that it, seems like there is a, a hunger and desire not only among the uh, management team at the, of the Cardinals, but the players as well to kind of forget about everything that happened last year. I mean, Brendan Donovan was one guy who came out and said, you're going to see a much hungrier team on the field in 2024. Yeah, I think that was one of the big takeaways was a lot of people were excited with, you know, the comments that Donovan made and how he kind of seemed like a leader to step up there. Um and I thought that was big. I think the other one that was big to me is that, you know, I'm, obviously we knew it was probably happening, but to hear it out of the mouth of both Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, that they've been working all off season with Okendo and truly really trying to, you know, focus on their defense. And, you know, Walker's really been focusing on right field better and stronger. And he, he added some weight. And so, you know, I think all of those things come in really well. I think the other thing that was a big um, takeaway was just listening to Lance Lynn for the first time since coming back. Um, and, you know, um, one thing that I think is going to be interesting watching this year is, you know, Lance Lynn is not a guy that's going to sit back and be quiet, you know, like some of the former Cardinal guys, right? He's going to come out and say what he feels and how he thinks and doesn't care who he makes mad. And I think Sonny Gray falls into that category, too, even though he's not a former Cardinal. This is his first year on the club. He does have a relationship with some guys. I mean, he and Lance Lynn were teammates in Minnesota a couple of years ago. So he, he feels like he and Lance are on the same page. And I think he's not going to be a guy that's going to shy his uh, his opinion, shy about giving his opinion as well. And and the fact that he's such a competitor is like one of the things that Ali Marmol pointed out was that he, he loves that about him. And I think he's going to kind of set the tone for that pitching staff as well. It's going to be a little bit different in the clubhouse this year, right? Losing Wayno and losing Yachty is a different presence. But I think Lance Lynn is going to be a big guy in that clubhouse. I think Sonny Gray is going to be a big guy. And the other one who's very outspoken as well is Wilson Contreras. So you've got three guys that have a little bit more fire and attitude to them that are kind of the opposite of Goldie and Arenado, right? Those guys just play hard, put their head down, and go about their business. And the other three are not that way. And Donovan said he always tries to be a leader by example because of how hard he plays. But I think he's he's not going to be afraid to, to voice his opinion a little bit. I think he he got you know had a unique vantage point last year because after he got hurt and had to have the surgery and missed the last couple of the seasons, he wasn't around the ball club a lot. I mean, he was rehabbing in Florida, watching the games on television. So I think he kind of gained a new perspective a little bit about 
what uh, what he was away being away from and and uh, the impact he can have on his teammates when he's there. And I do think it's a little bit different, right? Um, because you got some of those guys that are healthy and coming back, and you know, if we can take what they're saying to heart, and we hope we can. Donovan seems really excited about wanting to get back there and be around the full season. Um, and then you've also got guys like Gorman who've had a little bit more time up here that can kind of, you know, I don't want to say relax, but start to get into their own a little bit. And, you know, I think it's an exciting time looking forward and getting closer to the season. And the one thing we know is probably not going to happen that happened a year ago is Contreras' first half of the season. And I think, it, you know, I, I, you can say whatever you want about, you know, people throwing him under the bus and blaming him for the pitching problems and things like that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about any player – that, that changes clubs, that has to come to a new club, that is a, a starting player expected to play a key role, it's in, invariable that they struggle. I mean, Nolan Arenado did it the first few months that he was in St. Louis after being traded from Colorado. Paul Goldschmidt did it. And I think even a free agent probably even has it to a, a higher level than a, a trade candidate. So I, I really think that having that first year out of the out of the way is going to make a big difference in Wilson Contreras' game. And I also think not having the WBC this year is going to make a big difference too, because you're going to have everybody in camp the entire time. So, you know, you're not going to have guys shipping in and shipping out and being gone for a long part period of time from all different teams across America and the world. Right. Um, Right. So I think that's going to play a big difference to have a full six weeks in the spring with everybody there and everybody moving forward. And Marmo even mentioned that when he was talking about it. He said they would try to go through infield drills last year during spring training, and you were doing it with players who you knew were not going to be on the team when the regular season began. So I think that's going to be a, a big factor. The, visiting with Mike Rancer, Rob Rancer, stlsportspage.com, our weekly Cardinal podcast. One of the things I think another takeaway that I had from the comments of, of everybody who came through the room was Tommy Edmond. Uh, a lot of guys coming off – I don't think anybody's coming off really major surgery. I mean, Dylan Carlson had the ankle surgery at the end of last season. Rosen had a broken finger. You know, he, had, he had a couple of – you know, Donovan obviously was, was one we talked about, but his was a little bit you know farther back. But Tommy Edmond had the wrist surgery, and it seemed like of all those guys, he was the one who said he was not 100% sure he would be ready to go when spring training began. Yeah, and I think that gives you a little bit of a reason to pause for a minute, you know, but I think right now with the – with Carlson – right there is your fourth outfielder. I think you're probably okay if he was to miss a little bit of time and you'd mm-hmm. rather be on the front end than the back end with how versatile that Tommy's been, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and again, you've got some lineup construction right now because you could bet Edmund one, you could bet Newbar one. I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably a number of ways they could go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're he's probably the one guy that you're okay with if he was to miss a little bit, um, but you'd like him healthy when you start spring for sure. All right. I was, and I was going to say though, if, if, if you have a choice to say, okay, if you're going to be healthy on day one of spring training or day one of the regular season, I'll take day one of the regular season. So he's got time. He's got like at least six weeks. I and mean, well, it's still two months now, uh, over two months until, until the, you know, all drops for good out, out in LA on you know, whatever, March 28th or whatever it is, the day that opening day is. So he's still got time. Yeah. And I, and I think sure. he didn't, expect, he didn't expect, express doubt about it he just said i don't know so i haven't because i haven't started swinging the bat yet so yeah no I think I, I, go ahead i'm sorry i think that's true too the other thing i was gonna say the other thing that was, was one of the topics that came up a lot during the uh, warm-up was the whole situation of what's going on with the cardinal television broadcast on, on valley sports midwest and a little resolution to that uh, after the warm-up actually on on wednesday we're sitting there talking to everybody on thursday that uh, came out of the bankruptcy court hearings uh, with diamond sports and with the different groups and seems like everything now 
has been pretty much done to guarantee that the Cardinal broadcasts in 2024 are not going to change. They'll be exactly the same as they have been in the past few years. Now, what's going to happen in 2025 and beyond still to be determined, but at least for 2024, it looks like everything's going to be just the same as it has been. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting deal. And the question to me is that, you know, Valleys really controls the local broadcast rights, not necessarily the streaming rights for some of these clubs. And so for Amazon to invest in them is kind of a unique angle for them because are they just trying to get into where they have relationships with the clubs so then in 25 they can be the direct-to-consumer with each club through Prime? Or are they trying to, you know, um, invest more in the cable side of things now with Valley? You know, it's hard to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, and I think that'll, that'll all kind of be determined. I think one thing we've always said is that there'll be a way for Cardinal fans to get the broadcast. I mean, I don't think we ever have to worry about that. How it changes, you know, may change, but at least I think for this year, the good news is that it looks like everything's going to be okay. They're going to be able to make their full payment to the Cardinals and, and have the broadcast just as they have been. Now, that's bad news for some people who don't live, you know, in, in the immediate St. Louis area and have access to that channel or they, you know, cost the, the cut the cords and don't have a, a cable kind of package anymore that they stream some of the other programming that they get. So there may still be an issue as far as that's concerned with getting them the, the broadcast this year, as well as still, I guess, the blackout rules that affect people like in Iowa or whatever will still be in, fa- in, in place for one more year. And that's a whole <laughs> the blackout rules that are happening currently in baseball are just making it so much harder for the average There's fan to want to watch the game, and you're making it harder for the younger fans to grow the game. Right. So hopefully that will all get worked out. Maybe this will be the last year we have to deal with that. But there's no reason somebody sitting in, in Des Moines, Iowa, is not allowed to watch a Cardinal game on his television. Uh, he's not allowed to watch the Cubs. He's not allowed to watch the Twins. He's not allowed to watch the Brewers. He's not allowed to watch the White Sox. Iowa is the black hole of baseball. I mean, Probably can't watch the Rockies either. I don't I mean, it's just crazy that they they have all these rules that, that are, you know, especially because you're paying for the game. If you buy, you know, MLB extra innings package or whatever, you're paying a fee to watch the games. So you ought to be able to watch them. It shouldn't make and any for, difference. For as much money that MLB wants to make, why wouldn't they have some sort of package where you can buy it? If you want to pay for it, pay for it. Yeah. And if you, especially if you're out of market. I mean, if you're out, if you're not in the St. Louis market, there's no reason. Well, but that's that's a topic for another day. We'll get in, into that down the road. But the, the one news, of course, coming up uh, today, the Cardinals announced that uh, on, on Friday, 10 a.m., uh, St. Louis time opening day tickets April 4th against the um, Marlins will be here before we know it. 315 first pitch. Those tickets go on sale for just that individual day on Friday at 10 a.m. You can buy them online. You can buy them by the phone. You can go to the ballpark and buy them in person at the ticket. And opening day in St. Louis is truly a tradition like no other. And the Clydesdales are there and all of the Hall of Famers and the Red Jackets. And if you haven't been, it put it on your list because it's absolutely worth going. So, yeah, be sure to be ready tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. to get your tickets for opening day. And I guess, too, the one thing is, of course, the Cardinals open on the road in Los Angeles, then go to San Diego. So they will play, you know, a week's worth of games before they get back to Bush Stadium. It's not the same as opening day when it's game one of the regular season. But still, it actually, the weather might be a little better if you're playing here in April 4th instead of March 28th. So, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so that. One thing, other thing that kind of came away that I kind of skipped over one of the other items I wanted to mention about uh, reaction to the winter warmup is uh, when you listen to John Mosaic and some of the other people talk, it does seem like they still have a little bit of interest and in, in apparently budget room to pick up another relief pitcher uh, that if one is available that they feel like fits their needs here between now and the start of spring training. And probably not the Josh Hader type player. 
Um, because that money's probably going to be a little bit too high, although a lot of us would really like that. Um, it's probably going to be someone in that, you know, middle innings, you know, a six, seven, eight type guy that, you know, can come in, maybe a lefty specialist of some sort, but somebody that won't necessarily be a big name to a lot of fans here. And I think that's probably a good a good addition. They have bulked up the bullpen uh, this year. I think it, they've added at least four guys who have a chance to come in and win a spot in that bullpen this year. And there are still some guys available that I think, especially now, as you get closer to the start of February, closer to the start of spring training, some of those guys who are still out there on the market who aren't, you know, big names, aren't big, you know, multi-million dollar a co- year contract, three or four year contract guys, they might start to get nervous a little bit about where they're going to land. So maybe they'll they'll take a bargain deal or a, a pillow deal for one year just to, so they don't so they know they have a place to pitch. And maybe the Cardinals will be able to luck out and get somebody that they maybe didn't think they were going to have a chance to get. Well, would you say we're probably what two weeks away from guys like Blake Snell and Montgomery and Cody Bellinger having to kind of have their hand forced in the favor of the teams at this point? If they want to be somewhere when spring training begins, yeah. It's kind of surprising to me that none of them have signed yet and what they're waiting for. And maybe some of the teams are finally saying, you know, we're going to, if you don't want to play, fine, we're not going to pay you that. In the common denominator, those are all Scott Boris clients. Well, we all know how we feel about him. And he's not afraid to go into February with a guy unsigned. I mean, he's done it before. So. He's done it before and he'll do it again. Yes, probably will. So one of the, uh, one of the other things coming up in this week, that I wanted to kind of give everybody out there a little, uh, Bonus sneak peek for tuning into the the podcast today is the Hall of Fame voting uh, for the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown will be announced on Tuesday, the 23rd. I've had a ballot again now for for many years and always appreciate that honor. Always appreciate it and give it serious consideration as to who I'm going to vote for. and everybody always says, who are you going to vote for? So we're going to give you a little teaser to the uh, to my Hall of Fame ballot. I voted for seven players this year. You can vote for up to 10. I've never felt the, the need to actually vote for all 10. But I did vote for seven this year. And I'm going to tell you right now who six of them are. But the, te- the teaser is that to find out who the seventh player was that I voted for and why I voted for that player, you're going to have to read the website on Monday. I'll post a column on Monday explaining why my my other vote, my seventh vote, was for somebody who uh, who I'm not revealing yet today. So you can try and look at the ballot and guess and figure out all you want who it is and why I voted for him, but you can read the column on Monday and find out. But the other six guys I think are pretty much self-explanatory. I think all six have a real good shot of getting into the Hall of Fame, if not this year, uh, years coming up. And I'll just tell them, and then, Mike, we can discuss it just a little bit. Um, and, and I guess it's in alphabetical order, kind of. Adrian Beltre, first year on the ballot. I voted for him. Todd Helton, another year on the ballot. Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield. This is uh, Bill and Billy Wagner. This is Sheffield's last year on the ballot. Billy Wagner is the other one that I voted for. So that's um, what? Is that five of the? Oh, oh, the other and the other new, newcomer, Joe Maurer of the Twins. So that's the six. I think Sheffield will be the interesting one. Billy Wagner has one more year left after this year. But I think all six of those guys. Beltre, I think, is a no-brainer. I think. Um, Helton should get in this year. He was close last year. Beyond that, the other guys will probably be close, but maybe not anybody else getting in. Your your reaction to those six votes? Yeah, Helton was the highest returning at like, what, 72% or something like that last year, so he probably should get in. Um, the other question, obviously the, the guys you voted for I agree with, um, but the question on the newcomer list, you know, for St. Louis fans is Matt Holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. probably not there. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if he got enough votes to stay on the ballot. You have to have five percent of the vote to get on the to remain on the ballot for for uh, 
few next few years. And it's it's interesting because some there is a lot of history of guys who were very good players, maybe not quite Hall of Famers, although actually some of these guys have gone into the Hall of Fame, who were one and done. They only were on the ballot for one year. Ted Simmons was one because of the fact he did not get the minimum five percent of the vote. So. Uh, that's always an interesting, as much as you look for who got the 75% of the vote to see who got in, it's also interesting to see who fell under the 5% mark. And even a couple of guys like um, Andrew Jones, Sheffield, Wagner, their first year on the ballot, they barely got over that 5%. So that they would have been close. And now I think eventually they're all three going to get elected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. because a lot of people weigh who else is against them on the ballot, right? And so when you're looking at the other newcomers on the list, the other, you know, uh, "Quote unquote cardinal favor on the list is uh, Brandon Phillips as well too, right? And so another player who had a good career, not a Hall of Famer, but you know there's a lot of guys there that were good players, such as Matt Holiday, but probably not Hall of Famers. Well, and I didn't vote for him this year. I'll say this: it's not it's not the the guy that I'm writing going to be writing about on Monday, but Carlos Beltran, another former Cardinal that I think probably deserves to be in Cooperstown. He's had a little bit of a, a taint to his career because of the whole sign stealing episode in Houston and and his involvement in that cost him his job to, to possibly manage the Mets. So I, I think time will heal that a little bit, and I think he, he's probably still now a few years away from getting in, but I think he will get in. Uh, obviously, other big names on the ballot, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, have never voted for any of those guys, don't intend to vote for any of those guys. So um, it, it will be interesting to see eventually what happens to their Hall of Fame chances. Yeah, and, and there's two schools of thought on that. I mean, whether you want to vote for those kind of guys or don't, and that's one of the things about the Hall of Fame vote. It's an individual ballot. You have your own you know, uh, opinions and your own uh, resources to decide what you want to do. Guys who have been active members in the Baseball Writers Association for 10 or more years are the players who are over 400 people in the country voting this year for who gets into the Hall of Fame. So it's always an interesting reaction to see who who does and who doesn't. And I think the steroid era is going to cause a, always going to cause that question mark and that asterisk, right? Because would that player, for example, A Rod, have been as good of a player as he would without that? Or you know, some of these other guys, you know, you know, Barry Bonds had the issue for the longest time, right? So would they yeah. have been the player they were without mm-hmm. that? And if you can't definitively say yes, how are you able to vote for them for the Hall of Fame? Right. And I think the other thing is always interesting, too, about that ballot is, and we mentioned Beltre and, and uh, Joe Maurer, I suspect both had real good shots of going in this year, their first year on the ballot. To me, there is, and somebody's, you know, I've heard this argument for a long time that people will say, well, if he's on the Hall of Fame ballot, it doesn't make any difference what year you win. If you're going to vote for a guy as a Hall of Famer, you should vote for him every year. I still think there's something special about the first ballot. I still think there's something about guys who go into the Hall of Fame as a first-year ballot. And there are guys that are on that ballot that I may vote for in the future years. Uh, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, we'll, we'll see. But I just didn't see, especially Utley's the other first-year guy really this year, that it was worth the of, of a first-year ballot vote. So, right yeah, or wrong. Yeah. As we look down the road of you know, ending last season to going forward to this season, the, the, those there's two future potential first ballot Hall of Famers in, you know, Yachty and Albert. And um, Albert is probably going to be unanimously one and, and Yachty will be okay. close. But, um, you know, so a future interest to Cardinal fans at some point, there will be something special can, about that first year ballot. Yeah you, yeah, you can book your trip to Cooperstown in what would it be 2028? Is that the five yes. year? That be, the, no, 2027, right? Because they didn't play last year. So the, the five-year window begins um, – They'll be eligible for the Cardinal Hall of Fame two years before they could go into Cooperstown. So you got two years 
left on the Cardinal Hall of Fame cycle before they would be eligible for that. And we actually had that committee meeting this week as well. So the Veterans Committee pick as well as who's going to be on the ballot for the fan vote in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. That'll be coming out soon. So, well, the interesting thing this week, we'll watch and see what happens with the Cardinals with any potential roster moves uh, between now and, and uh, the 1st of February or so, guys. I think probably some of them are probably leaving directly from the winter warm-up to head down to Florida. So you're going to start seeing reports of guys showing up down there. I think Jordan Walker's already been down there a lot of the winter. Brendan Donovan's down there a lot of the winter. So, uh, we won't be, be too long here. February 14th, the first pitcher and catcher workout. February 19th, the first uh, overall team workout, full squad workout. So it'll be here before we know. The other thing that Cardinals fans can look forward to this year, too, is, you know, it had been talked about before that Adam Wainwright was going to join Fox. Well, they, you know, officially announced that this morning. So you're going to see him on a decent amount of Cardinal games this year because I know the Cardinals have a good amount of Fox games. They've got one early April coming up, too. So, you know, you'll still get their dose of, of Wayne, and we'll see how he does on the broadcast. That's right. So I'm sure he's going to do very well. We've seen enough of him on some of the postseason broadcasts to know that he's going to be a, just a natural for that. So, Mike, thanks for joining us again on this week's Cardinal Podcast. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors, AAA Travel Missouri, Jory Hotels. Don't forget to sign up for our YouTube, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the podcasts will be up there, as well as uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter, other places on stlsportspage.com. And don't forget to check out my Hall of Fame column coming up to be posted on Monday. For Mike Rains, this is Rod Rains reporting, stlsportspage.com.